Welcome to the Eastman Dental Podcast, where we hope to inspire, motivate, and provide education from our guests' experience. Join us on the podcast this week, Danka Kuharchik. Danka is a hygienist working in general practice who has undertaken a fellowship in laser dentistry and has actually just completed her biological dental hygiene certification. And ever since Julia and I first started talking about having Danka as a guest, we were really excited to hear about the laser component of your practice and how you became interested in that. It's a very exciting topic and I think uh, hygienists uh, should really look into it. There are many out there who are already starting and and trying, but uh, yeah, I probably am one of the few in the country that have been doing this for so long. And to be honest, this is an area that neither of us have a huge amount of knowledge in, and we're really looking forward to getting an education on how you use lasers in your everyday practice. And I'm sure the listeners will be too, because actually really, like Josh says, something that we have a limited knowledge on. So looking forward to hearing all about that. With your hosts, Josh Hudson and Julia Bruin. So before we perhaps dive into that element of things, I'm going to ask you perhaps how, you know, getting taking you right back to the start, um, what led you to apply to become a dental hygienist? Well, so, uh, <laughs> funny story. Uh, I went to uh, a dental practice for an interview to be a receptionist. Basically, when I came uh, to this country, it was uh, when we just uh, joined EU in 2004. And uh, I qualified as a teacher, a Russian and English uh, languages teacher back home, and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> uh, and obviously, I had to do something. So, so I went for why, an interview. Why didn't you want to do that out of interest? Probably because I didn't like teaching children okay okay. yeah a bit difficult to do that job without doing it it, i've done it for one year and uh, it's very challenging yes um so no i i never wanted to be a teacher i just wanted to learn languages and um so i went for an interview and my uh dentist the boss at the practice uh, said uh, well it looks like you're quite uh, academic maybe you want to be a dental nurse uh, but you will have to go on a course and like fine whatever pay, pays the bills basically right <laughs> yeah uh, so i started that uh, went on a course um, a few months later because i started in about february so i started in september doing a dental nursing for national board uh, certificate and um, very often uh, I worked with a hygienist, a male hygienist, who I at that time thought that most of the dental hygienists are actually male because we back in Poland didn't have hygienists uh, that I could refer to, uh, you know, as a um, profession. Yeah. And um, so I worked with him quite uh, a lot because uh, the principal that I worked with, uh, he uh, wasn't working on Fridays. And looking at what he's doing, I thought, well, that seems easy. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I went and applied to these men because I've heard that this is the best school. <laughs> Why not? I didn't apply to any other school and everybody was surprised. I remember even uh, uh, Miss Watts at that time on the interview asked me if I did and I was like, no, someone told me that I should apply to Eastman and I did. 
and I got her first time, which was great. Yeah. Um, and obviously, uh, Julia knows the, the rest of it. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's nice to hear how the journey starts. So you got into study here. You obviously studied, graduated. And can you tell us a little bit about those that first few years after graduation? How did you find that going out into the kind of big wide world, so to speak, as a qualified hygienist? Well, I probably like everybody else um, thought that it was uh, hard at the beginning to change from this uh, environment where you had an hour, hour and a half of time to see a patient mm-hmm. and yeah. and someone will let you know if it's not completely right uh, to half an hour appointments every half an hour. Yeah. Uh, I was very lucky because at the practice that I worked uh, before I um, got into dental hygiene later on, I um, worked with another dentist who bought a practice just before I went uh, into Eastman. And when I qualified, he straight away gave me a job. And uh, he was very understanding, uh, even though he was paying me for 45 minute appointment, the patients were paying for half an hour, just so I got into the whole routine and had time and didn't have to stress and had breaks between. So we are very good friends uh, since I got into dentistry, basically, so. That's good. So it's a good investment of time, if you like. very good investment, yes. Then you can start feeling comfortable about yeah. seeing patients and then... After one week, he was asking me if I can do another day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. So if you're going to describe that early period, those first few years in three words, what three words would you use? Lucky. With all the people that I've uh, met uh, um, along the way and uh, principals and all the staff, I was fairly lucky with the nurses, uh, were very understanding. Seven of them through all my uh, practice that I've been working in a few different practices went into doing dental hygiene. Um, So you've inspired people. Yeah, already, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, Second word will be naive, uh, I think. Uh, thinking that you can um, heal everybody on the first appointment, basically. That's what I wanted to do. I was awesome at what I was doing and, and uh, realized that, that f- um, I was naive as well, thinking that people want this. They yeah. don't want to put that much effort all the time, even if you wanted. Uh, to do it so over time I obviously uh, learned uh, what to do and how to do it Uh, so um, there's both ways the result Uh, and I was curious as well um, about things out there I read quite a bit still even though I finished uh, uni Um, And I saw that there is this uh, vast technology out there already happening, maybe not as much in UK at that time, but it was. Mm -hmm. And um, and then obviously uh, uh, I was again lucky enough to get to the practice that I uh, started with the whole laser uh, journey. Okay, so let, let's perhaps tease that out a little bit more again, sort of perhaps going back to the beginning, if you like. Yeah. So you use the word curious. And so I'm going to say to you, what made you curious about lasers? I mean, what was your initial thought? What, what made you decide to perhaps go down that path? 
So that was again quite a coincidence that I ended up in a practice uh, that started using lasers in London and probably one of very, very few at that time, 12 years ago. Um, I went for an interview to get a job like anybody else and um, and in the advertisement it was about you know working with a microscope with a la- with a laser and we will give you the training I was like yeah <laughs> I would do this uh, so um, I went in and um, it turned out that my um, dissertation that I was uh, write, I wrote uh, at the end of my dental hygiene school, which was on a genetic predisposition to periodontal disease, it really helped me on that interview. It sounds like that that topic that you did for your dental hygiene um, end of training um, project there was certainly very interesting to the person that you ended up going to work for. Yes, so he he was impressed uh, with my knowledge about uh, the whole interleukin cytokines and uh, the whole so you bamboozled him with bacteria <laughs> did you? yeah of course i did i had to show off a little bit i did get the job and i was the first hygienist there sent to um uh, florence in italy uh, for a week course at um excellent dental network uh, run by Dr. Matelli, who's got a few practices in uh, in Italy, and uh, as well, as far as I know now, he's got a practice as well in UK, or is um, is invested in, or uh, um, he's a partial owner. I don't know uh, a little bit more up north, um, as far as I know. So uh, we, at that time, the practice that I worked for, um, were in some kind of understanding uh, between them that we were using the protocol and obviously they were training us and then uh, the further education was still with them if we wanted to. So I went there, obviously it was great, it was sunny, I was paid to do this and (laughs) everybody paid for my course and also I enjoyed it immensely. I learned how to use lasers and microscope. which was uh, quite challenging at the beginning uh, to get used to it because obviously in the dental hygiene school you learn how to sit 11, 9, whatever uh, the positions and then you have to adjust completely different because with a laser you don't really move patient uh, it's just the patient that moving ahead but you're most of the time staying in the same focus otherwise you'll be just focusing for half of an appointment just with that uh, microscope so uh, yeah I went there and then started working in the practice uh. so for people like myself and Julia with limited knowledge about lasers can you sum up you know first of all what lasers are in this context and how they work in your daily practice it's a big question I'm sure. it is because <laughs> just put a laser and how it works what it is uh, is very difficult in just a few sentences. I was uh, so what I can say. We uh, obviously laser is a device, like any other um, machine that you're using in your practice. Um, it's a device that produces laser light. Uh, they've been around for about three decades already in dental uh, general dental uh, practice, so uh, it's nothing new. They are more portable, they are smaller, 
you can uh, access them easier. You don't have to have just one particular surgery um, designated for it, uh, which will make it a little bit difficult for different practitioners to use it at the same time. So uh, they are um, producing laser light uh, depending um, of the medium that it's inside them. Okay. So we've got um, a medium that it's a gas. We've got solid state uh, lasers and semiconductors. A gas like a CO2 laser, um, this um, solid state will be, for example, a neodymium uh, YAG laser and uh, erbium chromium YSDG laser. And uh, semiconductors are diode lasers. I use uh, both uh, diode laser and erbium uh, laser in my practice. So how do you what how do you use those? What treatments can can you use those for? I presume it's different laser types are for different things. Is that right? So I use uh, two different types of uh, lasers: uh, diode laser and um, erbium chromium YSGG laser. Uh, the uh, diode laser, it's uh, near infrared um, with a shorter uh, wavelength, penetrates deeper into the tissue, and erbium it actually is a longer wavelength which penetrates um, very shallow. Mm -hmm. uh, the difference is between uh, diodes is few millimeters, where the erbium is only uh, five microns, so it's literally mm -hmm. just. Um, surface of like five cells width okay. kind of uh, thing uh, i use lasers for different um they've got different applications obviously um the diode laser usually for uh, laser bacterial reduction for photobiomodulation um, for dentinal hypersensitivity you can use them even for whitening as well uh, and um a treatment of uh, alpha ulcers and uh, herpetic lesions. Um, the <clears throat> as I mentioned, the, the every laser is looking for a chromophore. In our tissues, we are looking at uh, melanin and hemoglobin. We are looking at uh, hydro hydroxy appetite and uh, water. And um, there is one. Um, a cytochrome uh, C oxidase, uh, which is uh, a molecule that uh, gets into produce AT more ATP uh, in uh, mitochondrium. So the laser bacteria reduction, how it works is that the bacteria during uh, the disease process, especially in a periodontal disease, they are pigment more pigmented. And uh, because diet laser is looking for that hemoglobin, meaning color, uh, the atoms and molecules are actually absorbed into the um, bacteria and kills them and eliminates them, reduces the, the amount basically. Because mm. obviously in a normal uh, dental practice you will uh, treat patients and remove deposits from a teeth and um, if you've got uh, right equipment as well, gums like EMS, uh, uh, that is uh, getting quite spread around to use on the gums and um, you can't really remove the bacteria from the tissue itself unless you're using the antibiotics, obviously. Mm. 
Uh, and that's what the laser is basically for. Uh, the chromium, um, erbium chromium uh, YSGG laser that I use is to remove subgingival calculus from the surface of a, a tooth. Um, uh, it's the acoustic uh, uh, property of uh, water oxygen breaking within a pocket and causing that. Uh, I, I think this is fascinating. I mean, I, we could really talk about this in a great ages, bit of, yeah. <laughs> bit of detail, detail because actually I'm learning when you're talking like this. So perhaps you can tell us why should we all be using dental lasers in our um, general practice and treating patients? Do you think we should? Should we all be using dental lasers? Definitely. Yeah. I really don't know why um, people don't use it as often as uh, it should. And obviously, when I started first uh, and went on a course to Italy and a guy tells me that, you know, you can regenerate tissue and no, there's a long junction epithelium. I know this, <laughs> I've learned this, right? Uh, so uh, we were all looking. There was a lady, for, there was a group of us from Europe and, and she was from Denmark, I think. Uh, and she's like, don't listen. No. <laughs> so uh, when I only started using it and applying the whole protocol that we had, I could not believe the results, uh, literally from one week to another. And obviously at the same time, I was working in normal um, private slash NHS practice as well. And I was doing exactly the same thing. Because you have to remember, a laser is a tool like any other one. You have, um, and it's not a miracle maker, okay? (laughs) So if you do not know how to do the basics properly on a very good level, uh, it's not going to make much of a difference to you. Interesting. And then from a practical point of view, I guess, so you said about it being a kind of a tool in your toolkit rather than necessarily the way of treating everything. So do you do a kind of routine in inverted commas periodontal treatment and then supplement that with lasers? And how how does it kind of fit into your So um, diet laser I use more often um, just because obviously um, has got so many different applications mm-hmm. uh, and uh, even for laser bacteria reduction uh, be, uh, when there is just the normal uh, gingivitis uh, kind of stage, you know, there is bleeding, uh, there's, uh, uh, there are bacteria there. We know this, it, just to reduce the amount, it makes a mm, great difference. And even with a probing afterwards, you're not spreading it around as much. Yeah. Um, the uh, erbium laser is more obviously uh, when I do a more periodontal treatment, uh, but I obviously can't imagine working without uh, the tool now. Um, uh, it's always there uh, next to me if I need it. Mm-hmm. I always, uh, I'm lucky enough to have quite a long appointments with my patients. So oh, that was going to be my question. I was just thinking <laughs> you're 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 describing this, and I still haven't quite got a grasp of h- how long does one laser a patient for? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it might sound a very simple question, but I, okay. I, I would I would really appreciate having a little bit more information about that. So, for example, with laser bacteria reduction, you're going about 15 seconds around one tooth. Okay. Um, right. okay. Uh, on a, one of the surfaces. So let's say 30 seconds altogether on both lingual and buccal, for example, right? Uh, 
uh, with uh, erbium laser removing calculus you are trying to keep to about uh, two minutes maximum because obviously you have to remember that there is a uh, thermal radiation um, uh, building up with um, uh, diode laser, erbium laser. You have to think about all the settings that you've got on mm. it. Um, but um, altogether, I, if I've got a periodontal treatment, I've got a first one hour doing just the basics, obviously, yep. uh, cleaning, and then another L hour to go around with um, with uh, both type of lasers, because uh, I will do laser bacterial reduction, I will do the um, the calculus removal, and then I will do some photobiomodulation, which is very low, non-thermal, uh, um, uh, radiation which is non-ionizing obviously we have to remember that um, and that takes a little bit longer time to uh, to get effect obviously so you've sold it very well I think um, in terms of potentially using these in in our general practice so if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking okay that's something that sounds quite interesting I'd like to explore that a little bit more what, how, where would you recommend they go? Was the resources out there? Is the courses? How would somebody get a little bit more information to maybe then pursue this route themselves? Uh, again, when I started, there was hardly anything in here. Um, I've been to obviously a, a paid course. Uh, then I actually had to uh, invest myself. I went to Canada for more advanced uh, laser for dental hygienists. Uh, there was nothing in here unfortunately everything what was was more uh towards um what dentists could do yeah. uh, you know you could learn there i went on one of them and you can learn some things but not much and what the problem is uh, in most of the courses is that dentists don't know uh, what is the scope of practice of dental hygienists sometimes, you know, mm. even those who are doing the courses and, and how much different for us is to mm. work, right? In mm. general, if you are uh, having a nurse, you're lucky and yeah. doing all those other things, it all takes time, right? So they don't know this, they don't know how, uh, what hygienists are allowed to do with the laser sometimes now it's a bit better uh, and uh, BioLace um, is one of the companies that um, supplies the uh, the lasers in uh, in UK uh, now has got courses for uh, for dental hygienists and therapists they are very good courses through uh, World Clinical Laser Dentistry um, Institute mm, so it's all in Europe uh, and uh, there is Academy, uh, Academy of Laser Dentistry that I, again, just uh, did another uh, level with as well. Um, that was very interesting because they've got, obviously, there's uh, Dr. Uh, Dabar who is in UK and teaches through them. Uh, um, so there are resources out there. You just type... Uh, laser periodontal treatment courses or laser courses for dental hygienists and things come up. Uh, Rina Alfalaki is one of the periodontists who works in um, uh, London as well. She provides courses there on Instagram, perio uh, underscore courses. 
so she does something for hygienists as so well. So it's definitely growing out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it options, definitely yeah. is. There yeah. is so much more comparing to, to what I had to work with <laughs> at the time. And you've just completed your biological dental hygiene certification. Yes. So perhaps talk us through that bit. So uh, it's a certification through um, International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology in America, <laughs> again, <laughs> obviously. Uh, and um, yeah, the, it was a 10 unit um, uh, course that I had to complete online. Uh, since uh, COVID obviously is much uh, easier because most of the time you had to travel somewhere mm. for them to right, allow okay. you to, mm -hmm. to finish something. Now you can do the hands-on kind of course online again. Uh, that was to get a little bit better understanding what my practice is really doing. I knew, I knew what, they are do what they are doing, but obviously when you're a dental hygienist, you are in your own room with your nurse if you're lucky I am <laughs> uh, you don't see what they are doing so I knew that there is something about cavitations and uh, yes because your practice as you've described it is a biological bi biological so perhaps just clarify what that really means for our listeners so um it's well when we were at dental hygiene school we were all told you know you have to treat a patient as a whole not as a set of teeth mm -hmm. Uh, when you come out of a dental hygiene school, <laughs> it's a little bit different story, even uh, though you try to obviously remember uh, this. Um, our approach is definitely to look at the patients as a whole. Um, there is a lot of people out there who um, are having problems with their general health and uh, very often they don't find answers until they they look a little bit further they pay more money for private treatments and tests that cost as well money and uh, these are people who are very often uh, suffering from autoimmune diseases and um, chronic diseases fatigues and and in general the life is a little bit more difficult for them and they've got loads of hypersensitivities as well to metals even or any chemicals used so um, our approach is obviously to reduce that toxicity in a practice to the minimum if they are um, very often the patients are required to have the metals removed because right. they do influence their general health as we know you know we've got those these things, areas that there is inflammation in our body, even a periodontal disease or a gum disease will cause that. It's a low-grade chronic uh, problem, but for someone who's got all the other things happening, it makes, uh, you know, it causes a havoc sometimes, right? So they are trying to uh, reduce that toxicity. So we are removing uh, mercury fillings um, in a safe way when uh, the vapor during the removal is minimized uh, patients are wearing um, special uh, masks for it and uh, dentists as well obviously everything is done with rubber dam and a very high um, yeah. uh, um, suction and uh, some other equipment uh, involved uh, they um, 
there was a part about obviously cavitations, which not ma many people actually know about. Um, I think it becomes more and more uh, available uh, to to read about, although it's nothing very new according to the course that I I did. There's a lot of studies done. So already. certainly this whole bringing yeah. the, the the patient's body back, back into the mouth. Yes. I think we're yes. hearing a lot more yes. about that, aren't yes. we? And yes. I think it sounds like your practice is exactly. very focused on that. That's it. You know, the, um, we are trying to uh, improve the immune system before they actually start having any treatment, even periodontal treatment. You know, we, we do tests for vitamin D, C, all those levels uh, uh, to bring them up to, to have better results as well, even if they are having uh, implants done. We do uh, ceramic implants rather than titanium and um, yeah so all this is to 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 kind of help them and and um, and reduce that inflammation in their body so we've talked about quite a few things there that um, maybe you're doing slightly differently to maybe a lot of other um, hygienists that are out there if you were going to think of something that the whole industry the whole dental industry should either start doing or stop doing. And I've already said we should all start using lasers. Um, but is there anything else that you think that we should, as an industry, either start doing more of or stop doing th as much? Well, truly speaking, when I was um, reading all this about amalgam fillings, for example, uh, I think that we are beyond now need of using amalgam fillings. I think it should be wider available to have uh, uh, composite fillings uh, mm. for our patients. We know that um, mercury is a toxic, although obviously in dentistry still that it doesn't cause um, problems when it's in a mouth. There are studies obviously out there and again, as I said, some people are just more sensitive. They don't even know that they are, that's the only uh, issue. Uh, so I think that would be a good change if we could uh, move to white ones. I remember that I had all mine removed, uh, changed into composites when I was back home when I was about 16. So um, yeah, I, I will definitely vote for that. Um, to be changed and he looks nicer come on <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, uh, my questions are a little bit random but i think it was always nice to include a little random one in these podcasts isn't it so you've got a bill post billboard poster in piccadilly circus everybody can see it everybody who comes to london to piccadilly circus can see this billboard what sort of dental message would you put on it uh, the mouth is just uh, the beginning to your health. Yes, I've, exactly. uh, that's. <laughs> I think that will that's be it. That's a beautiful message to have on there, and increasingly we're finding that, aren't we, with yes. all of the research that's going on. But and uh, I don't know if you've noticed um, after the COVID, I had patients who haven't seen a dentist for fifteen, twenty years. Okay awesome cases right <laughs> we're looking forward to those cases for years when you're in the one practice you, you see the same patients all the time but um so it what it definitely um brought people attention was to start looking after themselves yes you yeah. know they the uh, and uh, we as a professional uh, a profession we we can definitely improve this general health through 
eliminating those um, conditions that as long as a patient is working with you, it definitely can be stopped. So if you think back to the start, when we first started talking, we asked you the three words that described the kind of early stages of your career. And you've obviously come a long way since then. And there's been a huge number of doors that have opened, lots of different things that you've been able to pursue. If I asked you the same question now, of three words that you describe where you're at at the moment, what three words would you use? Um, so we all are trying to obviously follow the evidence-based dentistry. Mm. Um, for uh, With me, uh, over uh, years, I've noticed with uh, lasers, you can't provide the same treatment to every patient. You have to provide different settings. And this is one of the problems to get this... Uh, randomized uh, studies on patients is because you can't do that and and very often I think that's why um, known periodontists and dentists um, kind of put a lasers aside mm -hmm. uh, so you have to be open-minded that there is a lot of clinical studies like you know on a daily basis when you are seeing uh, the results of uh, what your work does uh, it counts as well mm. Right, uh, you have to be open-minded that the uh, what you've learned is the beginning of your journey, and you have to learn more <laughs> yeah. uh, to to get better. And there are different things out there. You have to be obviously vigilant. The second word, I think, it will be excited. Um, I. With all the knowledge that I have uh, uh, now, and there's still so much to learn, um, I'm excited to do some more with the lasers and uh, and actually apply to do uh, dental therapy at the University of Essex. Mm -hmm. Because as a dental uh, hygienist, unfortunately, we can't do much. Uh, a shame is as well that we as a dental hygienist in UK can't do, can't do much, as much more mm -hmm. as uh, uh, for example, hygienists in the States or Canada. Uh, so that's something to really working on. Uh, I had a chance uh, to do a cavity preparation on the course that uh, the, the fellowship that I did with uh, Den uh, Eastman Dental and, uh, and University of Genoa uh, to use erbium chromium uh, wires uh, GG laser for a cavity preparation. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so <laughs> doing therapy. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> Uh, to do uh, to use laser to remove uh, dental caries, right? Mm -hmm. So that's uh, what excites me. Excites me as well that uh, when I did the uh, biological dental hygiene course, it just opened up those uh, idea that the laser is not the because uh, when I started doing laser, it was all about me being a laser hygienist. I'm a London laser hygienist on Instagram okay. as well. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and um, it was all about just the laser, but now I know that it's just one of the few things that you can use, the mm -hmm. ozone and all those other things that I can incorporate. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I haven't been excited like that for, for a while. Um, so that will be a third one. And I feel awesome in general. The third word That's will good. be being <laughs> awesome. I, I look, I do things for my patients that they are just so grateful for. 
they feel better. I remember a lady who said they had a treatment with me and uh, after using lasers, she could stop using her um, medications for diabetes. Yeah. Uh, that makes you feel really it good. It makes you feel really good. And every day when you hear how great you are, why not feel awesome, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's great. I think that's a, a, a lovely way to end. Thank you so much for joining yes, thank us. You. Thank very, you very so much, much for having me here. Great it was you. a stressful <laughs> time. Great having you on, on the podcast. Thank you. thank you. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. We would love to hear your suggestions for future guests. Remember to follow us on social media using hashtag the Eastman Dental Podcast. And if you like what you hear, please like, share, subscribe and listen out for future episodes. Mm-hmm.